welcome to episode two of the More Precious podcast with me, Rosie Wright, one of the More Precious ambassadors. Now, having dealt with disasters in episode one, and if you missed that, do listen back. This week, we're heading into the workplace. How do we climb each rung of the career ladder as Christians particularly if you feel like you're not working in a God-filled industry. How can we be distinctively different? How do we balance ambition with wanting to reflect Christ-like behaviour at work? To unpack this, we're heading into the world of fashion. Joining me is uh, Chrissy Abbott, freelance fashion consultant with over 35 years working in the industry. Before we talk about two things, which are going to be, how can we be distinctive in an industry which feels like God isn't in it? And second of all, how do we climb the career ladder as Christians? Um, Thank you so much for your time. Um, Let's start with five very quick facts, Okay. okay? Bedtime reading book. Oh, gosh. I listen to audiobooks. Every night, so I don't actually have a book in my bedroom. But I love listening to um, the Bible experience before I go to sleep. Okay. Coffee order? Uh, Flat white. What's in the bottom of your handbag? Uh, Pretty tidy, actually. Probably a bit of makeup. Last holiday location? Oh. There has been a holiday. No, there hasn't been a holiday for a few years. But I always used to go to places like, um, I don't know, Capri or Italy, France... Somewhere lovely like that. Mediterranean. And final thing, midnight snack. Uh, Biscuits, probably. (laughs) Not very good. (laughs) That's fine. Um, Let's get stuck into why I'm speaking to you. You're speaking to the more precious audience. Mm. So we're a group of Christians, female, trying Mm. to work out how to make decisions that honour God, Mm. particularly Mm. at work. Give me just Mm. a whistle-stop tour of your CV. So I left school at 16. Um, I had always loved fashion. So when I was at school, um, growing up with two very academic sisters, I was never really interested in what the teachers were saying, but I was very interested in what they were wearing. Um, so I left school at 16. I dabbled. I did different things. I did some modeling. Um, I did some freelance illustration work. I worked in retail. And then I really got my first serious job in the fashion industry for Browns of South Moulton Street when I was about 21. And then I knew that's where I wanted to be. So I just worked my way up and then worked through many different brands. I um, set up Prada at Harrods. I relaunched personal shopping at Harvey Nichols in the late 90s. When I was young after Browns, I worked for David and Elizabeth Emanuel, who did Diana's wedding dress. Um, I did 11 years with Burberry. Um, And now I'm working for myself. And throughout that career, when were you a Christian? Would you call yourself a Christian throughout? Okay, so I became a Christian when I was 13, the same year that Elvis Presley died. Um, I then fell away from my faith when I was about 18. I got very swallowed up in the fashion industry and a few things happened in my personal life. Um, And I lived in the West End of London from a very, very young age. Um, And I didn't come back to my faith until about 12 years ago. So it's interesting to have worked in fashion as a Christian and also not as a Christian. So what's the difference been like? Fashion's kind of got this reputation for being somewhere that's quite fast, quite materialistic, can be quite cheap and tough. Mm. Where's God in the fashion industry? I think God's in every industry. And I think so often people will say, oh, but he's not in fashion. He wouldn't be interested in fashion because of all the things that go on. And I think that's sort of a ridiculous thing to say. I think we're needed in wherever we have been placed to be. And I know that my gifts and my talents have been in the fashion industry. 
How different was it working in the industry now you are a Christian compared to before? Um, Probably not so much the industry was different. I'm different. Um, I think when I, you know, when I I really got to the top of my tree, um, I had a great reputation. I had a great bank account. I had a great wardrobe. um, And it was very much, you know, what's in it for me. But also, I think, I hope I was a fairly fair manager and um, I still had a love of people and always had a very moral compass with the family that I've grown up with. But I think coming back to my faith, um, it was less about me and actually how can I sort of really um, not speak about my faith, but actually just act it out in the worst workplace. Because I think people, especially because I had teams, I led and, and, and developed teams across the world. I think they watched the way you work and the way you live your life so I think that made a huge impression on other people. When did you ever experience real pressure at work as a Christian and how did identifying in Christ Mm. help you through those moments? Mm. A lot of moments I mean if you work in I mean because I was quite senior there were many times where when you work towards sort of like an if you're in sort of executive management or or you're quite you know you're senior and you run a team you are always going to be the one that if something goes wrong, whether or not it's your fault, you're going to be the one that has to carry the can for that. Ultimately, because you can't say, well, that was somebody else's fault. You know, if you're the leader, then actually at the end of the day, it's down to you. And I I know what it's like to be sort of hung, drawn and quartered and crucified professionally in pretty terrifying and embarrassing situations and having to take the rap for that and also take the rap for someone else. Um, but actually just think, one, this will pass. Actually, at the end of the day, I've just got to allow this to bounce off me. And also my identity is not in that individual. Actually, my identity is rooted in who I am in Christ. Was that an alien concept to some of your colleagues? Did you ever feel you could talk about some of the decisions you made and why they might be different Mm. to other people? Mm. Yeah, a few people often said to me, oh, you appear very calm, you appear very happy. Um, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot and I've seen what pressure in the fashion industry does to people, especially when they become very senior and they've got a lot of responsibility and you're working for some of the big brands. And I think they have often sort of caught pulled me aside and said, um, oh, you know, Chrissy, I mean, I'm known as Christina in business, but, you know, gosh, you dealt with that really well, or you were very calm. And I just think, well, you didn't realise that I was probably on my knees in the toilet five minutes ago. But, um, yeah, just sort of almost like just, you know, understanding that God's burden is light. What were your priorities and what are your priorities now when you're working, knowing that, yeah, there's a career ladder to Mm. climb, but ultimately you're a Christian? Mm. I still think, I mean, I'd be foolish, especially as as a consultant now, you know, I still need to earn a certain amount of money. I still need to um, make sure that I'm paid the right amount and I I believe in my own worth. So it doesn't mean to say just because I'm a Christian, I'm happy to let people walk all over me. But I think it's just about being very secure in those decisions. And when you make a decision, I've just had to reply to something before we started chatting and I've been really thinking about it all weekend. So I will often hold something and consider it Um, And I find like now, I mean, I just can't imagine working in the world we work in without having a faith. It's like having your best partner by your side the whole time. 
Let's talk about pay for a moment, because that's something that, you know, the mainstream industry has been talking about, the gender pay gap, lots of companies publishing some fairly eye-watering differences between the pay of men and women, Mm. not necessarily Mm. being paid differently Mm. for the same job, Mm. but women not Mm. getting those Mm. opportunities. Mm. How do you have confidence and conviction Mm. in a way that isn't bolshy and pushy? Mm. I think if you're good at what you do, I think um, as a leader in business and somebody that's going in um, to sort of head something up, I think you need to be confident in who you are. Um, I hope that my CV and I hope as some of the, you know, the, your listeners listening over the years will become very credible, very knowledgeable in what they're doing. And I think it's, um, you know, my job is all about people. It's all about relationships, whether or not I'm working as a personal stylist, as a shopper, whether I'm doing a consultancy project, whether or not I'm doing a bespoke event. It's all about people. Um, And I've worked in situations where years ago where I'm completely aware that I was paid less because I was a woman. But um, I delivered very good results. And I think um, that was an interesting thing for me. Um, and the, I think the great thing about fashion is it's fairly equal. I mean, there's, there's probably more women than there are men in one respect. So, mm. When things go well, when there are those achievements at work, things you're proud mm. of, how can we have humility, but also mm. at the same time celebrate our successes? I think um, it's really important. I mean, a lot of the things I, I do, I like to make sure that I've got people coming with me. So I like to really encourage people. And often if, say, there is a big achievement at work, whether you're working for yourself or whether or not you're working for a brand, the chances are other people have helped you get to that place. So I'm a real believer that it's very, very important to say thank you to the people that have helped you achieve that success. And that in the world we live in, I think, has quite an amazing effect on people. They're like, yes, but that's your achievement. And I'm like, well, I couldn't have done that without you. So I think always making sure that, um, you know, you honour other people and, and you kind of bless back as well. Have there been any costs that have come alongside your career because you've been confident as a Christian? Um, yes, probably some. Yes, some decisions. And and when I have had to make tough decisions, and that might mean deciding that, you know, someone's maybe not right for that particular role, I think there's a way of talking to somebody. And I think there's also a way of treating every individual that they're really human and that they are of worth. Um, you know, you see many people just getting sort of, you know, told off or um, spoken to a certain way at work. But I mean, I think it's really important to draw along beside people. And if you are delivering bad news, just think, okay, how would I want to receive that? And once you've delivered that bad news, there's nothing to say that in your own personal heart, you can't pray for that person. And I've known people that sometimes a particular job isn't right for them, and they've gone on to do great things. So actually, had it not happened, you know, it, it says in the Bible, doesn't it, God works everything out for the best. And so I believe that. And I believe that not for just for myself, but for other people too. We're often given this slight mantra, particularly at the early, the beginning stages of your career and in your personal life, that you should fake it until you make it. Gosh. Is that wise advice? No, don't fake it. You can't fake it because you can only fake something temporarily. If you're not true, if you're not authentic to who you are... If you don't understand who you are as a leader, you cannot fake it and you cannot copy someone else. It's um, because at the end of the day, it will always come out. So you have to be true to yourself. 
If I'm then doing a job right now, listening and thinking, mm. actually, I'm going in and okay. I am feigning a bit of that okay. passion. I, I don't have maybe what it takes to succeed in this career, okay. but should I stick it out? Will it get okay. better? What advice would you have mm. to that person who says, well, I don't have mm. the passion for the job I'm currently mm. doing? I think I've had many times in my career, I mean, you know, whether I've been a Christian or not, where I've just thought I can't go on, you know, I can't do this anymore. It's not what I want to do. Um, and I found that, you know, the retire, the retire, and I think young people, especially, um, I mean, I've spent 35 years, you know, of my career working in the fashion industry. There were some really tough years. There were some years of plodding. There were some years of doing jobs that I thought I can't bear this anymore. And I'd rather have my, you know, my teeth ripped out. Um, but sometimes I think you have to, it says in Ecclesiastes 3, you know, there's a right time to build and a right time to rip out and tear down. There's a season for everything. And I think if anybody's out there and they're just saying, I can't do this, I can't do this anymore, then maybe you either pray to God for the grace to give, to, for God to give you the grace to do it. I've also prayed and asked God, you know, I feel that this time, this job is over for me now. So, Lord, I wait on you to see when you're going to get me out. And and God will reveal it at the right time. You know, he's not going to leave you in something that is absolutely not for you. But the way it looks, you know, his ways are not our ways and the way it looks may be quite different. So I would always say don't have a knee jerk reaction and just quit. I would say, you know, really contemplate that and ponder it and pray about it and get some wise counsel. Looking back at your career, can you see those kind of clinch moments where you thought, oh, I should have stayed and I did and that was the right decision? Or actually, yes, with hindsight, I can see that was the right time to leave. Yeah, I would say I never just left a job for the sake of it. I, I, I never did. I never really left a job just for nothing. I was usually headhunted out, approached. Um, if anything, I'm quite cautious. So I would really err on the cautious and take my time to really work out whether it was the right thing. Was it the right career move? Because I didn't really want um, mistakes on my CV. Um, you know, I, I. What do you mean by a mistake? Well, I suppose I didn't want to just leave something and then have a gap of, say, six months and sort of thought, OK, well, I've just got to sort of fill this with something. You know, I'm quite strategic. And I suppose that's because I've always come from a place where I funded myself and I'm responsible for myself. So um, I would never just have quit a job and not. And, and also, if you've got rent and bills to pay, you know, that's a that's a position that I'm just not in a privileged place to make that decision. So everything I would say, you know, I've moved quite, you know, I've done four years, four years, seven years, 11 years. It's been in quite big blocks, but I've always known before I made a move or before I was approached by a headhunter, that things were moving, things were changing. Just in my spirit, I would know maybe a year before that I've maybe that job has run its course. Do you think there's a kind of stigma about being a strategic, driven, ambitious Christian woman? No, not at all. I think that's a Proverbs 31 wise woman. I think, um, I, I remember speaking on something once about ambition and I think it's really important to be ambitious I think you know why is ambition wrong you know ambition's right you know that the more I can do the more people I can meet you know I've been in very personal situations with very very high profile and had the opportunity to share my faith with them 
And that is an incredible honour. If I had not been ambitious, I wouldn't have been in those situations. But I think it's what are you ambitious for? So if I'm ambitious financially, that means that I can give back. If I'm ambitious with other things, does that mean I can help other young people, whether that's youth or students with advice and different things? So I, I, I think it's wonderful. I think if anything, more Christians should be more ambitious. Uh, That's, for me, really encouraging to hear. I think we're probably quite similar in that I knew very early on what career I wanted to pursue, what I wanted to Mm. do, but I've got three younger sisters and one of them in particular just has no idea Mm. what the next step Mm. is and is trying to find Mm. her feet there. Mm. When you're just starting Mm. out into the workplace, if you haven't been given that kind of Mm. passion on your heart Mm. for fashion Mm. or broadcasting, where Mm. do you go? Do you have any advice? So when I when I left school at 16, although I had a love of fashion and I had a love of the beauty industry and I was a good artist, you know, I drew, um, I didn't get into my first serious job till I was probably about 21. So in those sort of five years, I did so many different things, but I was never really not working. So I could be doing anything from nannying, doing a hair show, um, making money, working in, you know, just a, a, a Christmas job or a, a a job where I earned some money on the shop floor, or I might have done, I don't know, some illustration work. I just think keep yourself busy and actually, you know, go through as many doors as you can that open up for you and you will know what ones close. And I believe if you keep yourself busy, you're determined, you're ambitious, you're a hard worker, because hard work can't underestimate the power of hard work, you will eventually find what it is you're looking for if you are determined and if you really just keep pushing. And and, and the more people you meet and the more questions you ask when you're young, the, I think the better you are prepared. Later on in your career now, you have so many things you're doing all at the same time, including founding Fashion for Christ. Yes. How do you balance your time to say, OK, that's work time, that's me time, that's charity time, that's church time? Oh, gosh, um, that's a tough one, actually. And something actually that I'm really trying to be very deliberate about with my time. So my consultancy work takes up the bulk of my working week. Um, and then I have trying to get some healthy boundaries into those as to what are some of the things that I need to do to make me come from a place of rest and peace. Fashion for Christ, I mean, is an amazing ministry. It's been going for, we're in our 11th year now. We did a 10-year anniversary service in November. Um, Although I sort of founded it and I still go to every meeting every month, um, we have other people that lead it now. So I've got other people. And it is about passing on the baton. You know, I think the more you pass on, the older you get, the more you give other people opportunities. And the people that are leading Fashion for Christ now have much better ideas than I ever did. Um, So I love to see that. Um, And again, you know, church and community and my Christian life. um, I think the most important thing for me is my verse for this year is Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added unto you. So if I can get that right, then I truly believe that all the rest works itself out. Lots of us might be working in jobs that require really long hours, lots of stress probably as well. You must have had high pressure moments where you feel stressed. Any advice on coming home and not just taking that out on whoever seems to be sharing the house with you? How do you kind of be compassionate to yourself, but still honour your colleagues and say, yeah, I'll, I'll put the hours in, I'll do the work? 
Yeah, I mean, I travelled. I travelled on and off for about 25 years, long haul. So I was juggling sort of a home life. Obviously, I have a responsibility to my family, although I'm not a mother. Um, and, you know, to church and all sorts of things. So it was, you know, it was really, really difficult. Um, but I think, you know... <laughs> If God could create if God can create the universe in seven days, then you know I can get through twenty four hours and and actually I, I just think you know sometimes we need to take a moment for ourselves and I always find you know if I'm really stressed I have to really check myself now you know my, I know my adrenaline goes through the roof I know I have nights where my heart is beating and I can't sleep because I'm like oh my god I've got to do this tomorrow and there's so much but you know sometimes just take a moment and reflect back and do you know something. It's not all going to crumble if I just take an hour. And I sometimes think, you know, by if I thought I was going to take it out on someone else, I would probably choose not to speak to them at that time. I would just say, I just need an hour for myself or I'll call you back or I'll come into the office when I'm, you know, kind of in a place where, you know, I'm ready to do it. But, you know, and, and you make it up. Is there ever a danger that God can get pushed out of busy schedules? Easily. Yeah, very, very easily. And I know, I know, I had a couple of days last week where I had to leave um, for meetings really, really early in the morning. And I always try and pray before I go. And I've learnt that if I don't pray before I actually physically leave my home, it is a disaster. So I have to build that in even if it's five minutes you know lord you know i'm in a hurry i'm walking around the flat i'm covering myself in my armor this must sound really rude to you but you know we're in this together you know you know you know that you are the only one that will steer me through the day so sometimes you have emergency prayers rush prayers but you know every prayer matters to god Mm -hmm. yeah i've sent many i call them arrow prayers Particularly in the work yes. I did before I worked for a Christian media organisation, I would send many an hour of prayer <laughs> throughout the day. Yeah. Is prayer part of a natural conversation that you're having every day? Mm. Cute. Yeah, absolutely. I have something that I do um, where I pray for people for 40 days. So I... Um, that is quite a commitment, 40 it's a days. It's a huge commitment, but it's a great discipline. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a friend who just had a birthday on Good Friday. And I gave her a birthday present. And part of her birthday present was from the day of her birthday, I would pray for her every day for 40 days. So every day she receives a WhatsApp message from me with a scripture and a prayer that I've written out. And that for me is really important because I am never too busy to to not pray for someone else. I think that's really, really important. Um, Prayers are massive. Prayers, the only thing that's got me through and keeps me sane um I think I just think gosh you know the first it says in the bible the first thing we should do is pray and then everything else it may sound really simplistic I'm quite a simple woman but I think I've learned the hard way that if I don't pray about everything about every meeting about every car journey I go on about this about our time together Rosie it's just never going to work out Mm. Some final bits of advice I'd love to have from you because this conversation could go on and on if not. Um, Two things. First of all, if I want to get into the fashion industry and I don't know where to start, you've got insight. What should I do? Well, I didn't go. I mean, I didn't go to college, so I didn't train as a designer or I didn't go and do business for fashion at any university or college. I started probably at a very different time to where we are in the world today. But I started on the shop floor 
I had a huge interest. I read a lot. I had a great knowledge. I went to work for Browns when I was 21, which is the place that brought all the international designers to London. So I was hugely blessed. I think knowledge is really important. I think a passion is really important. And I think being prepared to do anything. You know, you can get into any industry if you're prepared to start at the bottom. And um, I think there's a, a very big entitlement spirit with a lot of young people that they think they want to earn the big salary and have the title at a young age. And I feel like saying, you know, you don't know how many years I had to do of almost like nothing to get to where I got. And and I sometimes think, you know, degrees and all of these diplomas, you know, I went to the University of Life and, and maybe at a time when I was lucky enough and, and, and things were different. But I think if you're determined and you're determined to work hard and you're polite and you're well-mannered and you're nice to people, you can go an awful long way. Seeing that you've been so committed in prayer, how can the more precious audience be praying for you? So I'd like to set them a challenge. I'd love to set them a challenge. And if there's anyone out there today, um, I started praying for 40 days back in 2014. And I worked out that if I live another 25 years, I can do another 225 prayer challenges. That's 10,000 individual prayers over people. If everybody did that, so if one person listening today decided that they were going to commit to pray for a friend, a family, a cause, something for 40 days, what that could do. It could change your life. It changed my life. Totally changed the way I pray. Thank you ever so much for sharing some of the wisdom over the last 35 Thank years. You, Rosie. No, no problem. There's nothing I can do to earn the love from you. So we've started to navigate how to climb the career ladder in episode two. It's been brilliant and so encouraging to hear your feedback so far. So please do keep it coming in. If there's a topic you want covered, a question you want answered, anything we could be doing better, please do get in touch. Head to our email address, podcast at moreprecious.co.uk. Please also leave us a review wherever you downloaded this podcast. Stay tuned online and on Instagram for updates on episode three. For now, though, to play us out, let's hear the acoustic version of Take Me Back by the worship band at Holy Trinity Clapham. Take me back, Lord, back to the start. Take me back to where I found you. I want